Greetings. Welcome to my 11th podcast and third and final segment from my fourth published book, Fugue, a novel. Never liked Toronto all that much, babe, but I must confess now we're upping stakes is not such a bad place as cities go. Fact is, we're just not urbanites. Keep up, Rue. I'm reminiscing. Fourteen when I first landed here with a busted wing. Bad beginning. Fresh from Ottawa when it was just a pretty little town and unprepared for all the concrete heat and choking trees. Everyone looks sick to me. Never lived in an apartment before either. Slender view of dying grass and rusted out shopping buggies covered in slime, clogging a sulfurous trickle in what passed for a ravine, bounded on all sides by buildings and traffic. Right next to the Golden Mile, as ugly a shopping plaza then and now as you ever saw. Only couple in the joint with a kid in its teens. We didn't last long. Got evicted for scratching graffiti on the elevator wall six months later. Innocent of the charge, of course. At that age, I hadn't even learned to pull my put. Angel I was. Too good to believe and I wasn't. A blessing in disguise. Taught me a valuable lesson. Appearance is all. Wrong place at the wrong time, and bang, it's your ass. Funny thing. Only last week, I had this dream where I came whipping out of that apartment dead of night on all fours, running flat out like an animal, straight up Victoria Park. Street was unpaved in my dream, just like it was way back in 57, when I lived there. Glorious feeling. Not an uncommon experience for people in the dream state, loping along like a dog. Unique thing about it, though, was this time I looked down at my arms to see if they were reedy arms, because usually you just assume they are and don't check. Shocked and pleased to discover I turned into a wolf. The real thing. Fabulous feeling, churning up the miles, heading nowhere but straight north as fast as I could go, tongue lolling out, chest heaving. Better than sex. A timeless now of mindless muscle and energy and grace. Wanted it to go on and on forever. Call of the wild. Made the mistake of laughing out loud from the sheer ecstasy of it all, just as I came abreast of an old black char waiting for a bus. Woman screamed, flung her bag in the air, and went up to the nearest pole like a cat. Puzzled me she'd been there in the first place. Thought snapped me awake with a jerk, my whole body covered in sweat and feeling glorious. Envied you ever since. Nothing like four legs on the move for feeling good. Makes us look like a joke. It's a wonder you don't split a gut every time I chase you. Pitiful men are, neither fish nor fowl. Pinnacle of creation, they say. Ha! See that big concrete monstrosity about a quarter of a mile up yonder? That's the Donald Somerville Memorial Pool. Nice man. Ex-Mayor of Toronto. Youngest one to ever croak in office. Heart attack. Indebted to him, I am. Saw my first tit there. Fine specimen, too. Young babe in a string bikini. Rare in those days. Whole crowd of men following her around, gaping, while she bounced her stuff in platforms, clean out of her halter. Big cheer. Fellow swept her aloft. Halter got swallowed up in the mob. She didn't even cover up. Just stuck him out like a prow of a ship and grinned from ear to ear while they marched her round and round the pool. I was thrilled at her power and pride as I was at the sight of those glorious mounds. Ten minutes later, a guy practicing for the Olympics midst judge coming off the high tower and landed flat on his belly, right in front of me. Split open like a watermelon. Instant death. Guts bobbing like sausage all over the place. Surrealistic. People poured out of the water like penguins dodging a seal. In two minutes flat, there was nobody there but me, guts, and a body sinking slowly to the bottom. Wonder to this day if her boobs had anything to do with his exit. Change of address meant change of schools. Fine with me. 
York Mills Collegiate was okay, but grade 10 is no place to be when you're prepubescent, especially during swim class. Embarrassing. All those big guys with hairy patches and muscles and cocks like my father. Nobody ever said anything, but they didn't have to. The fact was mortifying enough in itself. Didn't occur to me that I was a late developer. Thought those were the cards I'd been dealt, and that was that. Innocent or what? Sheesh. Victoria Park Secondary School was better. No pool. No bed of roses, mind, but an improvement. There I stood, first day in grade 11, five feet tall, cowlick, huge black eyelash glasses, and a shopping bag bulging with books. The littlest kid in the whole school, girls included. I was so puny, word got around I was a karate expert. Big joke. Everybody knew it wasn't so, but the grapevine spread to one day the slickest-looking snake you ever saw sent out a challenge from Danforth Tech Crosstown that he was coming around to try me out. No one could believe it, least of all me. It had to be a joke, but it wasn't. He came boiling out of his murk, all black and oily and pompadoured, with long pointed shoes and a half dozen friends to make sure nobody interfered. Pure animal. No offense, Sasha, but that guy was so stupid. When I was pointed out to him, he never stopped to consider he was about to demolish a child. Just came at me with a yell and a jump, gauged to kick my head off. Silly bugger must have thought I was normal size from a distance, or would do something tricky. But all I did was stand there while he lanched himself clean over my head to land flat on his back on the concrete, knocking himself out cold, blood oozing out of his cracked skull obscenely around my shoes. Everybody figured I'd move so fast nobody had seen what happened. I looked at his pals, expecting instant death, and saw a ring of terror and bewilderment, the likes of which I've never seen before or since. They believed. Funny thing. After they carted his body away, it was just like it never happened. I mean, no girls tried to fuck me, no guys tried to suck up to me, nothing. A non-event. Forgotten, as fast as it happened. Why, I'll never know. Impossible to believe, I guess. Didn't even make the school paper. Not that I cared. Rather watch the parade than lead it any day. Safer. Spent the next four years in that crummy dump, too stupid to quit. Didn't have a single mystical experience in all those years, and never met anyone who did, either. With the possible exceptions of Otterbein and the fat girl. Especially the fat girl. I'll go to my grave watching her eat potatoes. Every noon hour, for four years, the tallest, fattest, pastiest girl you ever saw would come into the cafeteria, order scoops of mashed potatoes with butter and gravy, carry them over to a table all by herself, salt them down, and eat and eat and eat. She never said a word. I never saw her in classes or in the halls. Nobody knew where she came from or where she went to. A mystery. Everyone thought she was repulsive. A nutcase. Everyone except me. I knew she was doing something right, because when she ate, her face was beauty incarnate, bliss, repose. Otter by now, he was a different matter, head like a skull sporting a nylon stocking stretched over it, with coals stuck in for eyes, a living dead man, perpetually drunk. He too never spoke, just walked around gathering status by swigging all day long from his grandfather's silver hip flask left over from the twenties. No teacher ever stopped him, no principal ever suspended him. He either lived a charmed life, or they just couldn't take looking into his eyes. A walking suicide, only 16 years old. Born to die. Last time I saw him was grade 13 graduation dance, dead of night. As I stood outside the gym, puking up my first beer, I saw this light bobbing across the track, approaching me faster and faster and louder and louder till it smacked into the wall beside me and winked out. It was Otterbein on a motorcycle. As I leaned down to see if he was all right, the moon came out, and I saw his skull minus the eyes and the nylon skin, and I panicked and ran. I don't know if he'd lived or died, because I never went back to find out. Fool that I was, 
I then went on to further my education at university because I didn't understand elements in those days and I'd been programmed to go from the tit. Incredible when you think of it, Sasha. Six full years of high school and not one positive remembrance from that entire era. Not one. Except for the bi-monthly trips at the old Riverdale Zoo. Now, if you want to see animal misery in all its forms, Sasha, you have to go to that zoo. Primitive it was. Typical of its day. Small, filthy cages with freezing, unhappy creatures penned obscenely together and apart. Ninety percent of them mad with confinement and loneliness for a time and a place they couldn't remember but felt in every cell of their bodies. A sick place, Sasha. A sick, sick place. Not the place you'd think a sweet, loving, carefree man like my dad would slip up to year after year, but that's where he went and here's why. There were two middle-aged baboons there called Jiggs and Maggie. They were of an age when they didn't much care where they were anymore, but they still had opinions. Solid opinions gained from a lifetime of exerbing humanity through the bars of their cage. What they do was, they'd huddle together, conspiratorially, half-turned away from the people, like they were hiding some treasure peeking over their shoulders occasionally till the curious had formed a sizable crowd that edged closer and closer to see what they were up to. Then they'd turn suddenly, with huge gobs of shit in their hands, and hurl it at the crowd, that had scream in disgust and trample itself trying to get away. My father'd stand well back under a tree with a smoke and watch the show, laughing like hell. It took a half-dozen trips before I realized that their barrage wasn't random. They'd pick their victims with deadly justification. Gaseous windbags, self-centered beauties, twisted adolescents, and scabrous kids. The innocent were safe as if they were in church. No one knew, no one except my dad and I, that each was getting a foretaste of Judgment Day. When he died in 63, I never went back. Couldn't bear to stand there under that tree alone. End of the boardwalk, babe. Cab coming soon. Look pretty. I'll flag the sucker down. <laughs>